Hey there, in this episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss Podcast series, I want to share with you uh, a little bit more about my story, about my own personal story when it came to the weight loss journey that I, I had been on for eight years prior to finding the strategy that led me specifically to where I am today. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the painful truth the painful truth about food addiction, the painful truth about emotional attachment and addiction to food, especially when you're trying to make some changes, you're trying to break some habits, you're trying to transform your lifestyle, transform your health, transform your body, transform your weight, and you just can't seem to do it because of these addictions, these emotional attachments to food. I want to share my thoughts just from the perspective of my own personal story in this episode. But in case this is your first time listening, my name is Lene Urban. I'm a nutrition and lifestyle coach and rest-based weight loss gives you the tools to lose weight effortlessly and keep it off forever. The thing that I learned about weight loss four years ago when I started a journey that allowed me to essentially achieve my body composition and my weight goals all within the matter of months without counting calories or painful cardio or anything else that we believe that we're required to do in order to lose weight. What I learned about weight loss is that it requires so much more than just changing your diet and starting an exercise program. There are so many more uh, intricate facets to what it really takes essentially to lose weight, but keep it off. So weight loss, everybody's losing weight every day. (laughs) You know, uh, I don't know how many people are constantly on this roller coaster of losing weight and gaining it all back and then losing weight and gaining it all back. I mean, that's an up and down roller coaster that many, many, many people are still currently, they're still currently going through. The fact that so many people, as a matter of fact, 95% studies showed back in 2011, but 95% of people who lose weight, gain it back within two to five years. So the reason why that struggle exists is because of the way that we're approaching weight loss in the first place. If we're not approaching weight loss from a holistic lifestyle standpoint, and we're just approaching weight loss from a diet and exercise standpoint, that once we get down to the weight on the scale or the dress size or the body change, you know, we lose the belly fat or whatever it is, that once we arrive, once we get there, the the ascent back to the weight that we were before our weight loss, that ascent begins right away. And for some people, it only takes a few months for them to gain all their weight back. For others, it, it could take a year or two. For some others, it can take three to four years before they wake up and and they have no idea that they've gained back, you know, all of the weight that they managed to lose in the past. So one of the things that I want to address kind of in this episode is, is one of those unspoken impacts of 
of, of, of certain lifestyle choices on weight that we have no idea are having such a major, major, major impact. And that's the impact of food addiction. That's the impact of emotional attachment, attachment to food. Now, what do I mean by emotional attachment? I I mean that your emotions are directly tied to, they're directly connected to your cravings for certain types of food. So for example, if you're happy, if there's reason to celebrate, if you're feeling excited about something, you may have a craving to go out to your favorite restaurant in order to enhance and amplify those feelings of excitement and happiness. If you are feeling stressed out, if your world feels like it's turning upside down, you may have a craving for really heavy comfort foods. If you're feeling sad, depressed, lonely, you may have uh, a really strong cravings for sweets, for desserts, for ice cream, you know, for those, those kind of sweet treats and sweet foods. So that's what I mean by emotional attachment, is that you're experiencing some sort of emotion, an emotion that, that passes, you know, by the way. Uh, we don't always walk around feeling, you know, super excited. We don't always walk around feeling depressed. Not all of us. There's usually some relief at some point, you know, whether it be long-term or temporary relief from that particular emotion. But whenever we tend to feel that emotion is all of a sudden when we, uh, we get urges and cravings and desires for certain types of food. So for me, the... For me, I was not only was I emotionally attached to food, but I was also addicted. I was addicted to food. And what does that addiction mean? That means that I would go through withdrawal symptoms when I tried to when I tried to cut certain patterns of when I tried to cut certain patterns of behavior, when I tried to cut certain patterns of of eating from my normal routine. I would experience physical and emotional withdrawal. I mentioned, I can't remember which episode it was, but I mentioned how when I was yeah talking about the different emotional withdrawals from food, I talked about my story when I was, you know, four or five months deep into my journey and I'm rocking and rolling. I lost all this weight. I, I, I look better. I feel better. I, life is feeling amazing. And then I hit this, this really low period, emotional period, where everything, I was, I was down and depressed about my marriage and about my career and about just everything for no particular reason. There was nothing happening in my life that warranted these feelings. Nothing at all had changed. And yet I felt this overwhelming dissatisfaction with everything happening in my life. I later came to learn that that was an emotional withdrawal from sugar. It was an emotional withdrawal from the sugar that I had cut out of my life completely after a whole entire lifetime of relying on that sugar for my happiness, you know, relying on that sugar for my emotional stability. 
So not only was I emotionally attached to food, meaning every time I felt any sort of emotion, any emotion at all, I had to either amplify it or soothe it with food. So that was my emotional attachment. And then my food addiction was the fact that my, I, I could not function. I could not think, I could not act, I could not perform in my day-to-day life if I was not eating the foods that I was used to consuming. And this is why all of my diets failed within 72 hours, every single last one of them. Day one, I would be motivated. Day two, I, you know, I get a little craving in my brain, but it's like, nope, nope, bumping up the motivation. By day three, I was shoveling something in my mouth every single time consistently for eight years. It was bad. It was really bad. So one of the things that I learned, and this is very, very complex because this goes beyond the realm of weight loss. This goes beyond the realm of diet. This goes beyond the realm of of fitness. This goes into the emotional and mental health realm. So there's a there are a lot of complications psychological, neurological, biochemical, a lot of intertwining and overlap when it comes to the space of food addiction and emotional attachment to food. And that's why it can't necessarily be treated. I feel like people, they go to a personal trainer or a dietitian or a nutritionist to try to help them with their emotional, emotional eating issues. But that professional in that space can only can only assist them in one area of of uh, of that support by maybe giving them meal plans or giving them food items that they can eat. And usually uh, these people that have emotional issues with food will take the meal plan. They'll take the meal plan the dietitian, personal trainer, the nutritionist put together for them. They'll start on that meal plan. They'll feel really good. They'll start to see some changes on the scale. They'll start to lose a little weight. They'll start to feel more energetic. They'll start to sleep better and all of these things. And then they they end up self-sabotaging for no reason at all. They end up uh, just kind of going completely off plan and sneaking in some of the foods that they're used to eating. Why is that? Because giving someone a diet plan or a nutrition plan who has an emotional attachment to food only solves probably one third of the issue. Uh, there are There's another 66% of the underlying issue that drives that person to make the decisions with food that they make. For me, my emotional attachments with food started off when I was very young. They began as a child when I developed a really strong and loving attachment and a bond with my family, with my nuclear family, my mom, my dad, and my sister, with my extended family, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins on both sides. I just love my family so much, love them to pieces. And every time we got together, Every time we got together to celebrate, there was always food. It was always around food. It was every single celebration. Every get together involved food. 
and that's not you know foreign to to a lot of different cultures the african-american culture hispanic cultures a lot of different cultures their their celebrations revolve around food so that's not i mean there's nothing wrong with that but the problem for me was that my brain at a very early age began to connect feelings of happiness and security and love with food and as I got older what my brain started doing the neurological connections that began forming were when you are happy celebrate and amplify your happiness with food when you are sad if you want to feel happy and loved then eat So whether I was happy or whether I was sad, whether I was excited or depressed, whatever emotion I was feeling, that those pathways, those neurological pathways were formed very early. And so every emotion I felt had to be expressed and uh, experienced along with food. And that's how my emotional attachment to food began. So how many people that have similar attachments, how many people can go back specifically and pinpoint where that attachment first took place? For people that work with me, uh, all of them. (laughs) If you work with me, we're gonna find, we're gonna go back and we're gonna find out. We're gonna figure it out. And one of the most amazing revelations that I love that I love to see with the women that I work with is when we will sit down and have a one-on-one conversation or they'll, you know, provide an update via email or in our Facebook group or during a conference call and they'll pull out a memory a memory, a painful memory from their childhood and be able to pinpoint exactly how that memory catapulted their relationship with food it happens over and over again and that is a revelation to celebrate because now we can at least put a name and a time you know a a, a time stamp to it and now we know where it comes from but I have to tell you something that is both depressing and uh, really motivating It's both. Once you're able to put a name and a face and a timestamp to where that emotional attachment to food began, it's what is motivating is what I'll start with. What's depressing is that now it's too late. You've lived your whole entire life up to this point after that connection was made, you lived your whole entire life up to this point so that now how you eat and the relationship relationship you have with food is completely independent from what catapulted that relationship in the first place. So you can go back, you can forgive the person that hurt you, you can forgive uh, the person that said really traumatic and abusive things to you, you can forgive the people who uh, traumatized you emotionally, maybe physically, maybe mentally. 
you can go back and and get healed from all of those past hurts but the damage has been done the wound the scar from what you experienced is still there so why do i say that that is encouraging also it's encouraging because for those that feel that because of this emotional attachment to food because they feel because for those that feel that because of this attachment they'll never ever ever be able to get to where they want to be the encouraging thing is that even if your relationship with food started for a completely different reason you'd still be in the same place you'd still be in the same boat and that boat is finding a way finding a strategy finding a method to meet the needs of that wound to meet the needs of that scar to meet the needs of whatever food is being used to to fulfill to meet those needs in a different capacity so whether your food your emotional attachment to food started due to some trauma or because it you know it started due to someone like me where it's just it was just a part of your culture and a part of your life you're both in the same boat <laughs> you'll you're both going to to struggle with the same uh the same resistance to severing that attachment but i'm here to tell you as someone who uh in a month it'll be 5 years ago in a month yep in a month it'll be 5 years ago to the month to the day that i hovered over a toilet at 3 o'clock in the morning ready to be sick to my stomach for the 14th night in a row ready to accept the fact that i was going to contract some chronic metabolic disease one of the diseases that was already running in my family and i was going to die early die young because i couldn't change my relationship with food i'm telling you from that person who was that person 5 years ago almost to the month i'm here to tell you that it's possible to change I never believed it. I was ready to accept death. I was ready to accept an early grave. And then when I said to myself, if there is some way that I can figure out how to change, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it. And I did. So if you're someone who feels like you are in an impossible you're in an impossible place where you just can't see you're in the middle of you're in the thick of the forest in the middle of the night with no moonlight no starlight no flashlight that you are just in the thick of it and you'll never be able to find your way out I am here to deliver a message and that message is that yes you will. You will. 
and I'm here to help you do it. Okay? So I would love for you to subscribe. I would love for you to follow because over the course of this year, I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be giving you different puzzle pieces that in your own timing and in your own, uh, in your own fruition, you'll be able to start putting together because there are some of you that you're only missing one piece to what you're doing right now. There are others of you that are missing several pieces. But every episode, I want to give you one more piece, one more piece, one more piece. And eventually, it'll all click and it'll all come together. Okay? I hope this was helpful and I hope it was encouraging. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Lene Urban. I can't wait to talk to you next time.